Welcome back to The Everyday Entrepreneur. In this episode, I spoke with Heather Barber, a serial entrepreneur who is in five different companies and is absolutely crushing it. She is a mom, first and foremost, but she is a absolute business woman. She is in so many different aspects of business and she has a firm belief in multiple streams of income having a competitive mindset to bring yourself to the next level, as well as making sure you are chasing your dreams as a business owner and just enjoying life along the way. So enjoy this episode where we break down her journey, her mindset, and where she's headed. Thanks for coming back and joining us on another episode of The Everyday Entrepreneur. Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Show. My name is Cameron Ure, a real estate agent, investor, and entrepreneur. This podcast is for the everyday person all the way to the CEO wanting to build, grow, or scale their business to the next level. Our goal is to educate, network, and motivate so all of us can become everyday entrepreneurs. Welcome back to the Everyday Entrepreneur Show. I have Heather Barber here who is a master of all trades, I feel like. She is a stay-at-home mom, but lives a double life of being a serial entrepreneur in so many facets. Heather, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so to kick things off, I mean, we were just talking, you have tons of experience. I mean, you've done a handful of things, but you were just saying that your main focus is your stay-at-home mom. You're a mom. And so the one thing I wanted to start with is how have you juggled your business growth while being a stay-at-home mom? Um, number one, it's not easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just lay that out on, out on the table. Um, totally. So I started my business, well, my main businesses when I was 22 21, 22. And then I got married when I was 25 and you get married and have kids and that's just how life goes. Right. And that didn't happen for us. And so I was able to grow my businesses. Um, and eventually I got pregnant when I was 30 Uh and I always thought I would definitely go back. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm literally the queen of wraps. Like my face is on the side of the building. And (laughs) so I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going back. And so I had a hard pregnancy um, pretty much from day one. And then my oldest daughter was born with a horrific amount of um, of, uh, health problems. So I felt like that entire like you know, eight or nine months of pregnancy, I was getting my team in place, um, knowing that I was going to step away, but then I'd be back. And it literally took my, my daughter, my oldest daughter had a feeding tube for four years and we were in and out of primary children's hospitals. Absolutely terrible. So by the time I actually got her normal and ready to go to like kindergarten and stuff, it had been five years And the checks kept coming in and I had a team in place that I'm like, I'm going to mess this thing up if I go back. (laughs) And so I just said, you know what, that's that machine is humming and that's going well. And so I um, 
opted to stay home. And yeah, I've been taking other opportunities as it goes. Um, I consider myself more of a founder and I prefer to play that role. The minutia of like the everyday of running a company is not interesting to me, but like the Mm -hmm. puzzle of figuring it all out and going through the hard times and all that kind of fun stuff is my thing. Um, the growth phase is more my, my jam. And I'm lucky that I build it and then set it and forget it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's, let's rewind for a second real quick. Tell us start to finish what your original business was because most people will probably recognize you as the queen of raps, but tell us where you started and what you've done since then because you've done a lot and so start (laughs) from the beginning okay so the beginning is i was literally the only eight-year-old with a job like i kid you not (laughs) our family always had family businesses if i asked my dad for a dollar he'd say when are you gonna pay me back like i i grew up on the willow creek country club and i thought our family was destitute like we were child labor (laughs) working at family businesses we owned a cleaning company we owned an art gallery we owned a service business like all these random businesses my dad um my dad was also in in medical sales like that was his Mm -hmm. day job but he had all he had a business brokerage so we had that on the side and i honestly just thought like you know what we're living hand to mouth here like this is just (laughs) what the deal is and um so we always just had this entrepreneurial spirit within our family. Um, A series of events happened and I ended up starting college when I was 15. And I graduated from the University of Utah when I was 18. And because I was an absolute genius and I knew everything in life, I thought, you know, why not go to business school? Like... (laughs) Here we go. Here's a good idea. No experience, no anything, like absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah. I started my master's when I was 19. I mean, it was just, it was so ridiculous. Oh so ridiculous. Like I can't even explain to you how bad it was. Um, but of course, you know, 19, 20 year olds know everything. So I thought it was a really great idea. So um, I go and then um, – I have I have two brothers that are very close in age to me. I have one that's 18 months older and one that's 18 months younger. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, my family always had family businesses. And my younger brother came home from his mission. Um, you're going to see a pattern in our family here. It's like ready, fire, aim is like how we <laughs> live our lives. So my yeah. brother came home from his mission got engaged, bought a house, going to school, no job. Wow. And my dad says, okay, here's the thing. I need a tax write-off this year. Like, pick out a business. Let You can run that, and that'll be your job, and I'll buy it because he owned a business brokerage. My father owned a business brokerage. Yeah. And my dad, um, so my brother said, okay, I really want this inflatable company. Like I'm talking like giant gorillas in, in car dealerships, parking lots. Okay. And my, yeah. my dad's like, absolutely not. There's no possible way I'm buying this. And my brother's like, please dad, please. I really, really want it. And I know I can do a really good job with it. 
And my dad's like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'll just buy it. It's cheap. And then when it fails, I'll have a really good write. I'll just throw everything in the business. I'll have a really good write off. So this is, this is a tax planning strategy was his his idea. (laughs) Okay. So my brother, um, they bought the company and, um, it was my brother and a guy that didn't speak English and he took it from a hundred thousand to a million in the first year. Oh my God. And so, um, you know, he's 21, 22 doing this as my younger brother. And people started saying like, Hey, can you print a banner for this gorilla to hold, you know, that says 0% financing or whatever. Yeah. And of course my brother was too young and dumb and stupid to say no. So of course he says yes. Uh-huh. And my older brother um, is a real technophile. Like he's way into computers and the operations of things. Like he reads these manuals. He knows more about anything than the person that made it. And yeah. so um, Matt said, hey, Nate, do you want to um, you know, start this business and let's do some printing for these inflatables? So my older brother, Nate, came in. And then about a year later, someone asked Matt if they could wrap cars. And of course, Matt said yes. Like without even knowing that, (laughs) like our printers can't do that. We don't have the technology. We don't have the know-how. Of course, he just said yes. And so we had a company. We had an idea but we had no experience, no money, no literally nothing. We had nothing. We just saw a yeah. hole in the market. And so I was too young and dumb and stupid. And I said, okay, I'm in. Like, I let's do this. Let's totally do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was my older brother, my younger brother, and then me. And um, no bank would touch us. No, no yeah. one would give us money, nothing. So we went to my dad. And this was back in the day when interest rates were like an all-time record low. I'm talking like 2%, 1%, whatever. Wow. This was in 2006. And my dad said, yes, but I'm charging you 8% interest. And we said, <laughs> where do we sign? <laughs> like, yeah, you're we like, just, let's roll. <laughs> okay, sure. Because <laughs> we had no other way of getting the money. Like, yeah. no, we had applied everywhere. No one would do it. We had no experience. We had... We didn't even have a product, really. Like, we just had yeah. a sales order that said, I wanted it was from Larry Schmiller Chevrolet and they wanted a van wrap. Like, that's all we had. There you go. And yep. um, yeah, we just we made it happen and we were just so young. And oh my gosh, looking back now, I'm like, what the hell were we thinking? I mean, who <laughs> in their right mind does this? But yeah, we just we made it happen. And so now we have five companies and, um, so my oldest brother still works at our parent company. He's our COO. And my okay. youngest brother, um, he's significantly younger than all of us. He's eight years younger. Um, he works there and he's our CFO. And then the the brother who convinced my dad to originally buy the inflatable business, he actually owns five other companies, including a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so oh, he wow. owns nine total. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Holy cow. He has a lot going on. He does. And, and so fun. like he just recently bought a, um, he's starting to franchise a, uh, like a dog haircutting place, like a, a oh, grooming cool. dog yeah. grooming place. Um, yeah. 
And so he bought his first one. It's down on 94th and Highland and he's opening up a second location. And after five, he's franchising it. Like it's just, he's nuts. He's totally nuts. He's just but, he's just gone into different businesses. It yeah. seems like you guys team working together where you're just like, we're just going to take down these businesses because we see a hole in the market and figure it out as we go. Because that's, yeah. that's kind of what you have to do is you're just like, we don't have the know-how or capability to currently do it, but we'll absolutely figure it out. And it seems like that's been a massive tip for your success yes. is just taking on a project, even if you don't know how to do it and just figuring it out. And I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, the other, like conditions are never going to be perfect. If you are going yeah. to wait for it to be perfect, it's going to be 15 years from now and everything, it's not going to exist. The opportunity is not going to exist anymore. Um, yeah. So that's a huge takeaway from that um, is just go for it. And what's the worst that can happen? I mean, right. money's only money. Like it's not. Uh-huh. The other thing about business in general, and my brother that owns different um, businesses in different categories can tell you this, is I like to think about business in general as like a lock and a key. And you can put that key into that lock. Uh, so say it's your front door and you have a key in your hand. You can put that lock into that key, or excuse me, that key into that lock a hundred times and it's going to work every single time. They're very yeah. sound principles that you follow. And if you do those, it really does not matter what industry, what product, what anything. A business is a business. You know, like a foundation of a house is always going to exist before you put the roof on. And yeah. so if you follow sound principles, it doesn't matter what the product is. It doesn't matter what the price is. It doesn't matter what the placement is you can replicate that success over and over and over and over. And the old cliche that the first million is the hardest is so true. Oh my gosh, that's so true. But let me tell you how fast and easy the next 10 million come. Like it's crazy. It just exponentially uh, grows. So if you were to give me the crash course on what that key is, what would you say contribute to that key for the business aspect of life. Okay. So I am like the laziest person you've ever met. Literally. Like I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, does this podcast have a video too? Or it is does, it just yeah. talking? Okay. So I'm going to flash you the room that I'm sitting in right now. Okay. This is my family room. And yep. I have toys everywhere. <laughs> And I am currently sitting here under a blanket. Um, <laughs> I am literally the laziest person you have ever met in your life. Yeah. And I like to work smarter, not harder. If there is an sure. easier way to do something, I'm going to do it. And I think totally. so many times people overthink a lot of this stuff. Um a question I get asked a lot is, do you really like printing or are you really like in, cause we have five companies and they're all associated with, with printing. My latest yeah. one is my consulting company and that's having to do with business in general. But um, yeah. I'm like, no, I really like money. <laughs> <I don't>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I it don't, doesn't matter the company. It's just no, as long as it's profitable. It does not matter the vehicle. It does, And that's something that I learned from my dad too. Like he's made money off of, like I said, art galleries, cleaning company, hire a husband, uh, Intermountain Biorem. <laughs> like, yeah. like he doesn't care. He doesn't, he didn't care. It's just, if you see a hole, go for it. It doesn't yeah. matter if you don't have any experience. It's, it's it's almost better if you don't have experience because you can talk yourself out of a good idea really easily, really, really yeah. easily. Um, and the other thing is I've never, and this is unusual for a woman. And now that you have a daughter, I'm, I think you could probably see this is that, um, and you have, you have a wife that has gumption too, that grew up in a family that has gumption, but a lot of girls are timid and feel yeah. um, repressed and are not valued for their opinion and are not encouraged. Okay. And I never grew up in a family like that. I was treated yeah. the exact same as my brothers and okay, you want to do that? No problem. We're going to do that. Oh, you want to play lacrosse? You've never played lacrosse le before. Okay. Let's go get you a mouth guard and a stick, you know? So yeah, totally. I was never, I never had fear ever. I never yeah. experienced, um, being self-conscious or being like, what if I fail or second guessing myself? Never. I was never raised that way. And that is totally different than 99% of my peers. And totally. so, um, and I, I try to instill that in my girls. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Go for it. Like who cares? Just if you for fail, sure. great. Now, you know, not to do that again. Yeah. And, um, girls, especially women, girls, like, it's like, take your seat at the table. You have every for right sure. to be there. You have every right to do yeah. these things and you, you're going to do it better than these men are. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. Like, yeah. You, you have every right. And it, it's owning that, um, that I feel totally. is important. That's, that's another, you know, key in the lock. Yeah. So there, there's the aspect to the business vehicle isn't as important as the, Profit and loss sheet, technically, as long as Correct. that looks good, the vehicle, it doesn't matter. And then the other aspect is you just have to get after it and just have the confidence to know that you got it. And it doesn't even really matter if you don't have it, but if you can have the mental mindset and the confidence that you do, you'll figure it out regardless. And, and for those that are male, female, whatever it may be, a lot of times just the mental capacity, people just think like, I don't have what it takes when in reality you're shortchanging yourself. You have more than what it takes. You Absolutely. just have to do it. And so I, uh, I want to ask for your five companies you currently have. It sounds like four are in a similar industry. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth is something newer that is now consulting because you've had a massive amount of success. You've started to be able to teach that success to others. What has been your main focus for business owners to take them to the next level? How have you been able to help those around you do so? 
Okay, so honestly, I give a lot of pep talks. <laughs> like, That's um, amazing. It's true. People need it. It's really when I walk into a company, 99% of the time they're doing everything right, but they're yeah. second guessing themselves and they are, they're afraid to make a mistake or afraid to, they're over analyzing everything. And 99% of the time I am going in and saying, being a cheerleader and just, Hey, you yeah. got this. Let's try this. What's the worst that can, you're not going to die. You know, you're yeah, not, <laughs> totally. nothing's going to happen. Like someone isn't going to come and like, you know, take away your kids or whatever. Like uh -huh. what's the worst that can happen? This new product fails and then you tweak it and relaunch it. Like what, that's the worst yeah. that can happen. Let's go ahead and try this. So I feel like, I mean, I'm a, I have a quote consulting company, but I, I feel like I'm a cheerleader. Um, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of motivational speaking and that type of thing. Just, hey, you guys can do this. And um, I did not grow up in this environment. Like I said, I always had cheerleaders totally. around me. My parents were extremely supportive of literally anything I did. But I find um, a lot of negativity surrounding these business owners, especially like, um, let's say, for example, your dad's always been an engineer and the family has always had a steady paycheck or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people have families that aren't super supportive and are not their biggest cheerleader and friends yeah. that are naysayers. And, and if that's the case, get a new circle. Right. You know, find yeah. yourself a new circle of people that are like-minded, that are going to speak well of you in a room that you're not in. And, yeah. um, you know, find some I better cheerleaders. Yeah, I think sometimes the world is has gotten to a point where the closest people around you are the ones that need to be the one promoting your business and not necessarily buying your product or whatever it may be, but if we could all just take those closest to us and promote what each other are doing to the ends of the earth, the entire world would change their mindset around being an entrepreneur. Much I more agree. people would be able to say, I have the confidence to do this because I know my circle is going to make it happen for me. I know that I have people that are going to push what I'm trying to do to their community and it's going to grow. But for whatever reason, we live in this culture where people are uncomfortable sharing something or promoting something because they don't want to look a certain way or, or be thought of as somebody that is, is, um, like, a I don't even know how to describe it. There's just this weird stigma around people holding back what others are doing when in reality sharing it would change the aspect of business, you know, well, what are your you thoughts on even... that? you don't even have to like hand out their business card or whatever. No, not very, at all. Very simple things. Extremely simple. Like I have a girlfriend who um, owns a Pilates studio. Like, oh my gosh, this is like the most bougie sentence I'm ever going to say. But like I go to Pilates every morning at her studio. Yeah. And 
just like making comments on her Instagram post about exactly you know something or encouraging or someone says hey where do you work out and I say oh awaken and something yeah. super organic I'm not suggesting you know or like for example I'm wearing an awakened shirt when I go um to a baseball game or you know something else like that I'm yeah. I'm at my kids baseball game and I'm wearing an awakened shirt and someone says oh what's awakened said oh it's my friend's Pilates studios just down the road it's so much fun yeah. that's it Absolutely. that's all totally <laughs> and and you, you know, as the business owner that's what means the most when somebody does something for you like that like for me as a real estate agent when somebody just says oh I have an awesome friend that's a realtor you should uh, definitely look into him that's not hey you have to use my friend here's his business no. card it's just name dropping me and that's what means the most to me is just knowing that they have somebody in their circle that they think of when a certain business topic comes up. So for you, it's your friend. When exercise gets brought up, you're like, my my girl has this awesome Pilates studio. That's yeah. where I go. That's my that's my gal. And for me and my friends, it's other things where it's like if I think of a a different business, I know of somebody that I'm going to promote. And it's just as simple as bringing their name up and telling somebody to look into it. And and absolutely it's it's just that simple and that's why i think we can change the the dynamic of business owners and people wanting to become their own business owner by them knowing people are going to have your back and support you in what you're doing and i loved your comment about if you don't have that sphere around you you got to switch some things up because Get if a new you don't one. you won't survive no no yeah. my husband and i talk about that constantly like you are a product of the five people that you spend the most time with totally and if you just have someone in your ear that is just negative 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 and it it doesn't even have to be about your business it can be about like life or you know just this negative energy constantly that's 20 percent of your circle bringing you yeah. down and yep. if that if that's what it is, I don't care if it's a family member. I don't care if it's, you know, your best friend, your next door neighbor, distance yourself. That is not a healthy headspace for you. That is not a healthy emotional space for you. It's just, it's sure. not going to work. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people think, hey, I have to cut this person off to do that. But in no. reality, you don't have to cut them off. Just distance yourself to yeah. the point where it's not a like, hey, you're bringing me down. I don't want to talk to you ever again. It's, it's a, I'm going to fill my time with other things and you're going to have a place and time in my life, but I'm going to choose that for you. So yeah. you don't control any other aspects of my life, but I choose when I want to fill my time with you, for example, that way, you know, you're taking control of your destiny and the people around you. And it's so interesting that you bring up all of these things because we started this conversation talking about different aspects of business and how you've just kind of jumped into things. And now we've morphed the conversation into talking about how being a successful entrepreneur is so many levels deep that it first starts with courage and an idea, but then six layers deep, we're now thinking about the mental capacity and grit it takes mentally to Absolutely. wake up every day and and get through those naysayers to continue to push toward your dreams. And so 
What have you done when times have got hard or you have had those naysayers to get to the point where you're at today and achieve what you have? Oh, <laughs> um, okay. So that is, that's an interesting question. I, I don't have any naysayers in my life by design. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to say is like attracts like. Hmm. So I married a man who literally like I, I could tell him anything like, hey, I'm buying a rocket ship. I'm going to Mars tomorrow <laughs> and I am going to do the following 19 things. And my husband yeah. would say to me, okay, great. What time do you need me to watch the kids? Like that's totally. who I married, you know? Yeah. So like attracts like, and I am, I'm a lot to take. You were my next door neighbor for a while. Like yeah. I walk into a room and you either absolutely love me or you're like, I am never going to talk to that person again. Cause I'm a very <laughs> intense person. Yeah. So people don't naysay to my face. Like they're not interesting. They're not going to the so like attracts like is that people with big ideas and big dreams and big support and big cheerleader. That's who I attract. That's the energy yeah. that I'm putting out. And that's the energy that I receive back. So that problem doesn't exist in my life. I don't I like that. I don't have so that. What a what I've I've been uh, reading books recently, and a, an idea that continually pops into my head is: there's a point in your life where you have to envision who you want to be, who you want to be when you walk in a room, who you want to be as a business owner, and if you're not there yet, you have to start becoming that person and acting that way now, because the way you treat yourself is going to attract, just like you said, like likes like. Mm -hmm. And so once you start to become who you envision, automatically you're going to get the resources, the network and the people around you to become what you've envisioned yourself as. And you, it sounds like, have just owned who you are, have told yourself repeatedly, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to achieve. And if you don't like it, there's not space in this car No, and, and I'm, I'm, or there's not space in my rocket ship. That's probably yeah. a better example. And so yeah. I, I love that how you are just on a mission and there's no stopping you. You either get on for the ride or you'll never catch up. And so, yes, yes. <laughs> and where well, I want to, I want to I wanna add to that. I don't mean to interrupt you. I want to add to no, that. Please. So, my entire life has led me to this point. So yeah. when I start, when I was young, I always knew I wanted to be like extremely involved. I wanted to have lots of kids and I wanted to be extremely involved in their lives. And I wanted to be what my mom was to me. And okay. I didn't want a nanny and I didn't want, um, I didn't want someone else raising my children. Yeah. And I knew that I have champagne taste. <laughs> and so <laughs> I knew 
that I didn't want a man taking care of me. And I knew that Uh I needed to make my own money. And because you never know, like your husband could be hit by a truck tomorrow. Like you never know. You can't rely on anyone else to take care of you. So starting like way back, I started college when I was 15 so I could enter the workforce so I could start making, I realized that I got to get on this. I got to get this together. So I had my eye on the prize from the very beginning. Like I said, I grew up on the Willow Creek Country Club. That was my goal was to eventually be one of those people that lived in Willow Creek and, and had this, you know, giant house and all these kids and, and, you know, just live in the life. That was the goal. I knew that from the beginning. And so I worked backwards and said, okay, what do I need to do in order to get there? And, um, so I always had that vision in mind and there was no space. One of my friends, a, a, a dear friend that does my eyelashes and like she's doing my eyelashes and I'm the person there at two o'clock on a Wednesday getting my eyelashes done. So that'll just tell you yeah. like in, in, in the spectrum of life is where we're at. Yeah. And I never had any doubts that I would end up like with a eye of the tiger husband never yeah because who would marry me only someone with the eye of the tiger (laughs) you know like yeah everything about me i'm not going to end up with some engineer like that's that's not even that's not possible that's not like the engineer would be like okay we're five minutes into our first date and i like i can't hold on for this ride (laughs) <laughs> so I knew what I wanted from the beginning and I've just made it happen over time. Um, yeah. So the old Stephen Covey, like begin with the end in mind. Sure. That's literally what you have to do. And you have to break it down into smaller steps and say, okay, if I am going to be the CEO of a company, I need to have an MBA. If I need to have an MBA. So there's a funny story to that. So I um, took over my first branch of Zion's Bank when I was 19 years old. And true story, so insane. I can't believe Zion's Bank let me do that, but it's true. But they would pay for my MBA. And so that's why I worked for Zion's Bank. Gotcha. (laughs) Like, I don't like banking. (laughs) Yeah. You just were cheating the system to get to what your end goal was. Yes, and my personality was too big and too crazy and too too forward thinking for stuffy Zion's bank. But I said, <laughs> Thank you very much for that free MBA. For and sure. yeah. you know, use that as a stepping stone, whereas other people would get a job with Zion's Bank and be like, That's it. I made it. Yeah. I'm making I'm forty grand this year. Like this is gonna be great. You know, here's my steady <laughs> Eddie job. Yeah. And yeah. I used it as Hey, this is my time. I realize I absolutely hate this, but thanks for the free MBA and thanks for all the training and have fun, you know? So you have to, there's steps, there's steps you have to take, you know, in order to, to get what you want. So I, I graduated debt-free. I got all scholarships for my undergrad science paid for my grad work. Like 
I was ready to work. I, I bought my first yeah. house when I was 20. Like I just, I was ready. Amazing. I, I, I knew what I needed to do to be successful and I just made it happen. Yeah. So to recap pretty much what you're saying is you've had this mindset since day one. You, you told yourself, I, there's nothing, there's no way I'm going to settle for anything less. Mm -mm. And I think that's the plague of today's era is people are complacent. They're totally cool with that $40,000 a year job. And that there's so much more to life than that. Then obviously it takes time. And if that's where you are, I'm not naysaying any of those things. It's just, you have to know that that's just the beginning. That's, that's the stepping stone. Like you said, where you have to take the steps to grow. And as long as you don't have that complacent mindset, you can achieve whatever you want. And I think a lot of people are just stuck in this realm of, these are the cards I'm dealt. I'm just going to play as best as I can with them. Yeah. And in reality, you can throw those out and play a completely different game if you choose to. And you've embodied that. You've said, this is the game I'm going to play. And I'm going to play it once. I'm going to play it twice. And I'm just going to rinse and repeat until I've hit the point where I want to be at. Mm-hmm. And And so to wrap this whole conversation together what would be your driving factor your why that has given you that mindset to not be complacent what what is your goal i guess at this point where are you headed right now i'm buying time so um you either let let me rephrase so I'm buying my time back, I guess. Okay. So money is a tool and I want more money so I can buy more time. So, um, we have a plate. We just bought a place in Newport, um, out on the peninsula and I want to spend as much time there as humanly possible. Okay. So let's work backwards. How do we make that happen? Uh-huh. So my husband can't be tied down to a desk. Yeah. My kids need to go to private school in order to get mm-hmm. the education that they need to miss 60 days a year. Yeah. I need the money to get down there once I'm down there, you know, doing, so I'm buying experiences. I'm buying time. I'm using that. And the other, so the caveat of that is the reason I want to spend the most time that I can in Newport is because I'm investing in my family. I'm investing in time together with them. Some people invest in nice watches. Some people invest in, um, I can't even think, you know, a bakery or, you know, whatever, like I am investing time into my family. And like I said, I'm an older mother. I had my first at 30, my second at 37. I'm 41 right now. Like this is the time I want to be spending with my kids. I don't want to be working a nine to five right now. I don't want to be, when my daughter calls me and says, oh, I forgot, we totally happened yesterday, kid you not, 
She says, oh, I forgot. I have an orchestra concert at the school in 20 minutes. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to an orchestra concert. I guess that's what I'm doing right now because that's what's important. That is the most important thing I did yesterday was going to an orchestra concert with 20 minutes notice. And my yeah. daughter felt supported and she felt like, oh, yeah, my mom will come. You know, she's not For sure. tied up. Um, I have a brother-in-law who's an orthopedic surgeon and he's changing lives and it's wonderful and it's so great and it's this and it's that and it's whatever. He's working like 120 hours a week. Yeah, like, it's insane. To me, that seems like hell. Like I can't even imagine trading my time for money. Like that doesn't even, yeah. that doesn't even, it's not even on my radar. I don't even know how you could get up in the morning and say, okay, I'm going to go work for one hour and I get $200. Like I better yeah. be making money while I'm asleep and making money while I'm at an orchestra concert for my daughter. So I, it's just a totally. different way of a different perspective, a different paradigm yeah. of yeah. how I'm it's looking so at true. things. Yeah. Yeah. The paradigm shift of, of buying time versus trading time for money is a massive life hack. I feel like once you kind of realize that if you can trade your, if you can get, assets to the point where your time is then unlimited you've made it because you have replaced the need to trade your time for that absolutely survival method and so I, I mean all the credit to those people that are in jobs that are saving lives and and doing those amazing things and it's incredible i just personally couldn't do it if and it's not and, me i'm lazy i'm too lazy <laughs> <laughs> and and that's I mean to each their own you know but I I am of course grateful for those occupations it's just if you can find a way to f chase your passion but build it into a way where you're not trading your time for money mm -hmm. I think that's where life starts I think that's where everyone should strive to get to because that's the purpose of life is to not have to be stuck to something just to survive. Instead, Absolutely. you'd be able to choose the activities you do on a daily basis because you've built infrastructure in the background that is supporting you to chase whatever you want. And so um, to tie this all together, I know this uh, this has been amazing. You are phenomenal. <laughs> thank you for jumping oh, on you. this uh, episode. <laughs> but um, you've built these businesses You've built this life for yourself. You are chasing your dreams. Tell me about your nonprofit that you have going on and and jump into that for me. Okay, so this is something I'm extremely passionate about and this is this is something that I'm extremely grateful that I have the capability and the time to do this right now. Um, so I'm the chairman of the board of Future Scholars of Africa, and we assist African refugee and African immigrant students age 16 to about 25 make the transition from high school to college or careers, depending on what they want. But cool. um, it's work I'm extremely, extremely passionate about. A lot of these, um, of course, the female aspect is big to me a lot of these kids come to this country 
and their mothers have a second grade, a third grade education. Their mother, mothers were, um, in fact, one family, um, the mother had seven kids by the time she was 21. And oh my gosh. I, I'm not, I could tell you this story. Like we could have a whole podcast just about this one family. She's nine <laughs> total, but seven by the time she was 21. And wow. so they're given this amazing opportunity to come to um, the United States and Utah in particular takes in more refugees than any other um, state because we have the infrastructure for them. So just to mm -hmm. give you a, a visual, about 65,000 refugees um, are in uh, Utah, which is about the size of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And... Oh, wow. 99% of the time they're coming fatherless, no education. They're given, you know, like here's a plane ticket. Good luck, you know? And wow. so um, helping these kids, number one, feel important and be that cheerleader and be that person. But then number two, holding them to a higher standard, 99% yeah. of them don't have anyone in their family that's graduated from high school and mm -hmm. so they graduate from high like getting graduated from high school is a huge big deal it's giant it's massive yeah but getting them from high school to college and career that's literally like saying okay go fly to the moon tomorrow and then let me know yeah. how that goes like they totally. just have no vision of what that looks like and so we're just helping these kids and it's the old Mormon ad that love is spelled T-I-M-E. And we are <laughs> mentors to them. Yeah. And I am now investing my time and my resources into helping these kids make those transitions and helping them be self-sufficient and helping them. Because these scholarships are available. They, they just don't even know, like, what building to show up at it, it's yeah. it's simple as that like driving them to the building helping them meet someone one of the kids yeah. was intimidated because he went to a little like an information brunch and yeah. he took a bite out of a bagel and he said oh these donuts are stale and so a, a white kid looked at him and said those are bagels and he didn't know mm. what a bagel was yeah. And he was so intimidated, he left the oh, no. meeting. He didn't yeah. even get information about going to the U or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's just supporting these kids and getting through it. So here's my shameless plug, fsautah.org. Yeah. And we can put it on the website, put it on everything. But um, if you have time or resources, we are teaching these kids basic things like building a personal brand writing a resume, making a LinkedIn page, um, interview skills. I am talking super, super basic things. And I need your time. I don't need your money. I need your time. I need anyone okay. who's professional. I need you to reach out to me. And I need you to say, Heather, I am ready to help someone. And I'm going to give you 15 names. And I just want you to sit down with these kids and be their cheerleader. Just Cool. Show them what success looks like and show them that you are interested and you love them and that you are yeah. um, wanting to help them because they have the capacity yeah. to do all of these things. They just don't know what success looks like. They don't know what the end goal is. They, they can't even envision, you know, getting food every day, let alone yeah. 
you know, becoming, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, an engineer, yeah. like they, they, they don't even know what that looks like. So I'm counting on everyone that's listening to this podcast, fsautah.org. Okay. And um, reach out to me. We need your help. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put it up. We'll, we'll put it on this episode. And awesome. that's the whole point of, of what my vision behind what I do is, is because all this money and time is great and awesome if you can get to that point. But it's truly for the goal of being able to give back, whether that's to your kids, to others, to foundations you believe in or things that you believe will change the world that you're focused on. And that's why I'm so grateful to have you on this episode is because you embody that. You've taken business on and destroyed it. You've killed it, knocked it out of the park, and now you're circling back around, spending time with your kids and giving back to the world by building this nonprofit. And so, Heather, thank you so much for this episode. You're the best. I appreciate your time. And for those that are listening, definitely check out fsa.org, correct? fsautah.org. fsautah.org. So Future oh. Scholars of Africa, Utah. Okay, great. The, the link will be in the comments to this episode. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode of The Everyday Entrepreneur. 